Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. WZGC Atlanta and WZGC HD1. Always live and free on the Odyssey app. Atlanta Sports Radio, 92.9, the game. Hey, let's see what a heart at. I believe it. Check your heart. For the next two hours, get ready as we cover the NFL like no one else. This is the Wade Ford Tailgate Show. We're between the white lines. This is football. This is football. A complete look around the NFL, and especially our Falcons. This is the Wade Ford Tailgate Show. On the home for our Falcons, Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. It is a Falcons football Sunday, live from the Kia Studios. It is the Wade Ford Tailgate Show. John Fricky with you. I will be joined uh, shortly by... Um, Harper LaBelle, former Falcon, and by our Falcons insider and reporter Joe Patrick, both of whom are stranded right now. Harper's trying to make his way up to the studio. Uh, Joe's still stranded. There's a lot of traffic in Midtown. (laughs) They forgot to tell us that there's a huge marathon that Abe Gordon is running in, uh, so I blame Abe, uh, that is shut down uh, like Peachtree and 14th or something in the area anyway. I I happen to come in before they shut the roads down. But, yeah, so uh, that's where we're at here. But that doesn't mean that we don't have – a lot to talk about you and I for the next few minutes, and then Harper will be up here uh, you know, shortly here. Uh, the, the Atlanta Falcons and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers today in Tampa. Going to be a beautiful day in Tampa at Raymond James. Mid, low to mid-80s, going to be a warm day, high sunshine. Now what will we see of these Atlanta Falcons? Because isn't that the big question that we all want to know? Up and down, Dow Jones and through six games this year, we've seen good Falcons and bad Falcons. Or maybe we should say... We've seen good offense and bad offense. I could all I I could always understand why anybody would lay it at the feet of Desmond Ritter. I get that, but this offensive line is going to be tested again today. Drew Dahlman has got to be better. Well, all of them got to be better. Lindstrom's got to be better. They're going up against Vita Vea, really good defensive line against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Can they establish a running game against uh, Tampa today? That will because they're tenth in the league in rushing. That will allow Ritter to have a little bit more freedom, maybe a little bit more time to throw off play action. For example, the Wade Ford Tailgate Show brought to you by Wade Ford, Atlanta's Ford dealer. As we get ready for the uh, the Atlanta Falcons and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we were talking uh, Sam and Greg and I before the show here briefly about whether or not because last year Tampa won the division at eight and nine, and whether or not this year 
somebody could back in. It was one of the discussions I had with uh, Andy Bunker during the midday show this week. Could you actually back into a title? And the answer is, yeah, you could. Swampers lost on Thursday. They're they're underwater again. They're three and four. You know, Carolina. You know, Carolina's zero and six. They're just you know they're gone. And the loser of the game today, you know, is going to be in second place. The winner is going to be in first. And at the best, that would be a four and two team. Hopefully, it's the Atlanta Falcons at four and three. So yeah, floating around five hundred. Yeah, I could see that. Now, if you're the Atlanta Falcons and you go to eight and nine and win the division, you're going to go well. We didn't play very well. Our offense stunk, and we went uh, eight and nine and won the division. And you say, well, okay, that's good. At least you won the division. So I guess to to the degree that you have achieved something and made the playoffs and got a home playoff game, an eight and nine backing into the division isn't such a bad thing. I mean, you take it, right? As an Atlanta as opposed to what being eight and nine and not winning the division, of course you would. But at the same time, that would be a little bit less uh, underwhelming, considering the fact that this defense has played so well. The Falcons go in to face Baker Mayfield today with a defense that is ranked number four in the entire NFL. A defense that has, there's some metric that Joe was telling me about the other day, they lead the NFL in pressures or, I don't know, it's not sacks, but they did have five of those last week. This defense has performed very well. Whatever money they spent, $125 million in the offseason, bringing Ryan Nielsen in, getting these veterans, now you see the impact of a guy like Jeff Okuda. This defense has done its job. And it's done its job when being put against the wall by an offense that's not doing its job. And all we need from this offense is just be average. We're not asking for anything else. Look, we're not asking you to go out there and, and Mahomes and Mahato this thing. We're asking you to go out there and be average. This really fits the whatever you do, Desmond Ritter, do not lose the game. Because that's what happened last week. He lost the game. Let's hope he doesn't do it this week. It is the Wade Ford Tailgate Show. It is uh, also brought to you by Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster is the official ticket marketplace of the Falcons and the NFL. Well, Harper Lavelle has managed to uh, wind his way into the studio after the uh, the marathon uh, event of getting into the studio. <laughs> How are you doing, Harper? What What was the marathon? Was it the runners <laughs> no, or the actual <laughs> attempt to get a parking spot here in Atlanta, downtown, midtown? Oh, my goodness. Um, I got here. I'm sorry. No, you. I got here. Yeah, you're early, for what? I got just in time for the police to say, "No, no, 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 no. You're not, not you. Going, you're not going anywhere." <laughs> so I went around and I got blocked at least two other occasions. I have to admit, I was guilty. I went the wrong way on one way road. But uh, <laughs> if, if a tree falls in the forest right. and you don't hear it, yeah. if if, some, if a police officer didn't see me do that, right? Oh my goodness! Did a camera? Wow. So, hey, did you yeah. vent a little bit? Are you a little mad no, at no, Atlanta or what? You're no, just no. explaining the way that it needs to be? Right, I, because, again, they win today. They're 2-0 in the division. They're in first place by themselves after seven games. Really, in a way, what could you have asked for at the beginning of the year than to be in that position after seven games? It's just how you kind of got here, and we can't have what happened last week happen again. <laughs> don't ever don't do that again. Right. Don't you say that to your whatever children? You say, whatever you do, don't suck on offense. Gosh, you're right about the defense. But okay, so you told me a few weeks ago when we were two and one, mm-hmm. were you surprised at that point of the season? Were you surprised? You go, no, I was actually, and you went way ahead. You said, I think we'll be four and two, or at least your early season prognostication well, but they was been. four and two. I mean, they were obviously the better team than Washington. They obviously won the game in every metric except bad decisions. 
Well, when's the last time we've beaten Washington? I don't it's know. been a while. Did you guys talk about that on the show last week? Was it George week? Allen? Was John Riggins on the team? <laughs> I have no idea. Were they, was, were they still some politically incorrect nickname? Vince Lombardi was the coach. Yeah, right. Probably. Right. What? Yeah, it's Benny been a while. Jerkinson was the quarterback. See, they're not afraid of us, and that's one of the things that I was going to say. They are not afraid of Atlanta. They actually look forward. That's a that's a week that they circle the calendar. We yeah, got this one again. They outplayed Washington. Did nothing. If you don't give them those short fields, Washington gets three points in the game. Yeah. Well, we didn't. No, you oops, didn't. Oops. And next thing you know, it's uh, we need eight. <laughs> we got to get. We got to get eight. That's the thing is everybody faults, and rightfully so, the two interceptions Harper in the last five minutes of the game, right? I mean, because the, the throw in the end zone was awful. I think it was equally awful on the slant to Bijan. You know, Dave Archer said Bijan ran kind of a soft route. Well, okay, fine, but you don't throw it to a defender who's right there in front of you. Uh, they're both awful. Is to discount what happened a little bit earlier in the game, which was you were turning the ball over and giving them 20. Oh, here's 20 yards. Go ahead. You yeah. know, we'll drop here's the ball three, and you go 20 yards. three more points. Yeah. yeah. You don't even have to work for it. We'll right. just give it to you. We'll just give it to you. That's bad. It's bad football. And they know it. And, you know, how do you improve? I, I, I'll tell you what, defense, you're right. You've just mentioned some statistics, and it's it's very good. Now, the biggest thing for me is in the top 10, all the teams that are there for yardage, are also there for less than 20 points. We're right at 20 points. So we're the highest of the the low scoring still you could get you could still get away with it if your off, offense was halfway competent. And again, I'm willing to bet that those teams aren't having their offense put them in harm's way the way this offense puts it, this defense in well, harm's way. Well, you know how valuable points are. Remember when Hugh Douglas probably said 100 times when he was with the Eagles, 17 points. 17. You do that, we're going to win the ball game. Except the Falcons are only averaging 16 on offense. I know. That's that's a <laughs> so we're still going to lose by one. So we'll cover yeah. the spread, John, but we're yep. not going to win the ball game. But yep. if you can hold a team to seventeen, and that's what the top ten teams in the league are doing, it is the Wait for Tailgate Show live from the nineteen nine the Game Studios on this Falcons Football Sunday. We will take you to the network coverage and pregame with Chris Goforth and uh, Mike Johnson coming up at eleven, and of course uh, West Durham and Dave Archer on the call from Raymond James Stadium. One o'clock kick today between the Atlanta Falcons and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. When we get back in a moment, I'll look ahead to the game. What they're saying now, what what Dave Archer had to say to us this week about how just how important this game is. You'll hear that as we continue on a Falcons football Sunday. It's game day. Rise up Atlanta, Falcons, and Tampa on Sports Radio 92 on the game. Steps up, Calais Campbell, that is sack 100. How about that? A little dirty bird on it by Calais for 100. Wesley Dave last week, one of the few highlights in a rather disappointing outing against the Washington Commanders. Calais Campbell getting his career 100 sack in the Atlanta Falcons defense, five sacks in the day against Sam Howell. They did their part in a game where the offense did not do its part. And we'll see what the offense does today. It is game day against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Welcome back to the Kia Studios on the Wade Ford Tailgate Show with John Freaky Harper LaBelle. And now our Falcons reporter and insider Joe Patrick, who has managed to work his way through the Midtown morass today to get into the studio. Hey, Joe. No, i got to get Joe's uh, mic on here. Eric, are we good? Joe's mic on? Nope. we got to get Joe's mic on, Eric, please. 
Yep. We're here. We're here. Now, yeah, we're here. Much now, better. now we're here. Everybody's I I, here. You know, runners, they make great clothing that's great for watching television, watching sports. That's that's about all the credit I can give them at this point in the morning. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, now that we've worked through runners, <laughs> let's talk about pass rushers. Let's yeah, talk yeah, about quarterbacks. How about we get that? Uh, has this, uh, Joe, has this defense... Um, you know, Grady uh, said something to the effect this week that, you know, hey, listen, uh, you know, we win and lose as a team, or no, it's not just one side. But doesn't this defense at some point, and Harvey, you can certainly jump in on this, on the backside of this, uh, do you think that they're sitting in a team meeting going, man, we're doing our job? You know, I honestly don't think that they think that. And I would love, I would also love to get Harper's perspective on this, just of the, the mentality that defensive players and offensive players have, because clearly they're out there trying to achieve different objectives. But when I've talked to some of these guys, talked to Calais after the last game, talked to Grady after the game as well, and then uh, again more this week, and there seems to me to be a real mentality from those guys like, we can actually be better. I know that the, everyone's giving us praise because the defense has played well, and they acknowledge that for sure, but they also feel like there's another level they can get to, and what they all stress is turnovers. They had a bunch, obviously, early in the year with Jesse Bates coming up with the interceptions, but other than that, there haven't really been the... The strip sacks, you know, those kinds of plays that can change games on a dime. And I think that that's where this defense feels like it can get to that they haven't really been able to incorporate into their game so far. So I think that's really encouraging to hear that kind of mentality from those guys. Yeah, I, I think it's an 800-pound elephant that's in the room. You yeah. recognize that uh, yeah, we're, we're – you know, we got half this team that's not pulling their weight, or at least not getting the results that we need to have. But you know, you're you're all there together, and most of these guys have played for such a long time, you know, since high school or even before. So they've got ten or twenty years of experience doing this. You you, you don't want to turn it because you could be on somebody else's team and you know have it quickly turn. I will say that first time I ever heard this expression, and, and John, you're a little wiser than I am. Older, um, you can say it. I, okay. Uh, not much, though. Um, remember when the pitchers, the, the announcer would say, this pitcher could sue the offense because the bats aren't hitting. Or the offense could sue the pitching because, you know, so you almost right. want to. You mean p- like p- the Braves like, yeah. this year? <laughs> hey, they won 104 games. So I'm not going to complain about that. <laughs> yeah, you talk about a playoff yeah, schedule where you give a team a week okay. off. Anyway, move on. In baseball. Move on. But I'm just saying the separation is, you know, a right. divide that doesn't need to be there. It's, you know, we're all in this together. Yes, it's obvious the offense needs to score more or at least get more first downs or keep us off the field. The, the, the explanations are plentiful, but you, you can't, you know, because how many years do we have? We, we'd score 26 points a game or average that, but the defense couldn't stop anybody. So it, it turns itself in a situation where it's difficult to blame one side or the other, even though we know that one side is not doing as well as they probably and should And that be. one side is led by a man who has taken a step back and a step forward and a step back and is all over the place, and that is your quarterback, Desmond Ritter. And he is talking about the fact that this team is not getting it done at the crucial times when they have an opportunity to uh, to take a lead or to maybe win a game. Yeah, obviously it's frustrating anytime you lose. Um, like I said, you know, there's a lot of points where you know we could have done better, we could have put points on the board, we could have done this, um, and we just didn't. Um, so you know, like I said, whatever it was, um, we have to go figure it out and be better. Well, this goes to Harper. They won the three games that they've won and the one that they should have won last week, uh, all fourth quarter comebacks. And when he's talking about putting points on the board, the, the failure to put points on the board in the fourth quarter, throwing you know interceptions in the end zone or interceptions in plus territory, 
you know, that kind of falls on him. Uh, but it also falls in the play calling and, and all the other issues that we went through during the week here in clock management and whatnot. They've got to do a better job of finishing drives early in the game. And we, we saw that last week. We saw it. We saw the, the, the touchdown to Pitts, and I went, okay, here we go. And yet we get nothing in terms of consistency at all. When do you want them to be the Kansas City Chiefs or the New England Patriots or the Pittsburgh Steelers? We're not there yet. We're not there. We're not those teams. Well, we we're just struggling right now. When yeah. you think about it, well, hey, do we win games late? That's the turning point. I've right. said in baseball, we mm-hmm. talked about the Braves. Mm-hmm. When you're down by three in the seventh and you come back and you win that game, mm-hmm. that's the mark of the team that I go, I, I, things are changing. When you're up by two in the eighth and you lose, that's what we've had. And I'm hoping that you know we can turn that around. We, we, we had a chance last week against Washington to do that, just what I was saying, to win a game and and get yourself to that next level so you get into the playoffs. We're we're still a struggle or two away because of not being able to do that last week. Joe, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean I I think that there's actually still quite a bit of confidence in the Falcons building right now. I think it's hard for them to express that sentiment because of the way that the last game went and the fact that that losing in the fashion that they did against Washington is about as embarrassing as it gets because it's just of the operational issues that you had as well as these really bad looking turnovers that doesn't doesn't render these interceptions that he threw but I do think that there is confidence growing that the offense is able to move the ball and 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 they're not kind of having the same struggles that they had in some of those earlier games in the season even in the wins like against Carolina that was a pretty turgid looking offense at that point in time and I think they're encouraged by some of the signs that they they see uh, and I frankly think that Desmond Ritter is taking a lot of the brunt of the criticism for what happened in the game. Obviously, he has the bad stat line with the three interceptions, and I'm not saying that he wasn't at fault for these things. I mean, I think definitely that one that he floated up in the back of the end zone, he was just trying to do too much. But overall, I think there are issues where this team feels like it can get cleaned up. But what Arthur Smith is saying is he's like, I think that he feels like this team is better than a 3-3 three and three team. But he's saying, we are 3-3, three and three, and your record is who you are, and so we have to kind of own that at this point in time. But I do think they feel like there's there's stuff growing on that offensive side that they can build on. There are games that count and games that count more, and this is a game that counts more in a lot of fashions. Uh, and uh, earlier this week on the Midday Show uh, with uh, Andy and I, Dave Archer appeared, and we asked Arch about the importance of this game today in Tampa. Anytime you get a divisional game, it becomes a big deal. But when you got everybody bunched up the way you are with the Saints and the Bucks, that it becomes a big deal. And if you can go win on their field, you know you're going to get them at your place. But we've heard it all the time. They count like two. And you got the you got the bonus last weekend that the Lions went in to beat Tampa in Tampa, so they didn't get ahead of you another game. And New Orleans got knocked off too. So both teams that you're competing with kind of tightly bunched there loss. I mean, Carolina loss as well, so not a good day for the NFC South, but a good day for the Falcons. Yeah, and again, that was before, Carol, uh, pardon me, the, the Swampers lost again yep. on Thursday night. Uh, Harper, yes, it does count double. It is a uh, division game. It also counts more because it's a division game on the road. It also counts more because you're against, even though it's not Tom Brady anymore, the team that has dominated the division over the last three to four years. It also counts more because you have to try to maybe get a little bit of good positive vibes on your own. There's a lot on the line today. Oh, yeah, absolutely. First for me is just the tiebreakers. When you have a tiebreaker, head-to-head is obviously the first, but the, you know, how did you do in the series? You get a game on the road, you win that, and then you win 
at home, uh, you, you put to rest every every portion of the tiebreaker. Joe, to that point, you you win a division game and a conference game. You win a conference game, then you've lost two conference games in a row. That Washington game was more impactful to you than the loss to Jacksonville, mm-hmm. and less impactful to you and less meaningful to you than the win over Houston. Yep. I mean, truth be told, you'd rather flip the two, lose to Houston, and beat Washington. Yeah, I know it's early in the season right now, but if you pull up your app and look at the standings, the playoff standings, you'll see the Falcons and Commanders right there because they got the same records at this point in time. And I know it's early. It might not finish out that way, but at this point in time, it seems like they're going to be a team that you're going to be competing for in that kind of similar area, similar kind of levels of teams. And if there is a wild card spot kind of available for the Falcons to to grab versus the Commanders, Obviously, that's a game that you slip. I think that there's another thing kind of working in today's game for a lot of Falcons fans and maybe even the players and coaches, which is a psychological factor of just having to go on the road and and win this kind of game because this team has not won on the road since week three of last year. That was that game out in Seattle. It was their second road game of the year. And it just feels to me, at least, almost like there's some psychological block that like when you go out on the road, you're not going to win because they haven't done it in so long. We haven't seen this team perform. Wait, wait, what's the other Saturday? You know, they, you know we know about Ritter's never won on the road. I know that. But there, what was the last division win on the road? It's been. Oh, gosh, yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. I have, I, yeah, it, last it, it wasn't last year. Yeah. It wasn't last year. It was because, <laughs> you know, last year. Last, yeah, go ahead. No, last year. Remember, this game was the. Grady rolls over Brady and puts too much weight on him game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we won the game. <laughs> no, no, we won the game. That game was won. We were going to get the ball down, back. Down 20 to nothing, and they roar yeah. back to make it 20 to 15. Yeah. And Grady puts too much weight on Brady <laughs> to get the ball back. Oh, I think, first I think time. Grady's still irked by that one, by the way. I mean, he like I don't think he'll ever forget that, that moment. Yeah, he rolled the quarterback. Uh, so can they get to... Baker Mayfield today. Uh, Harper, I'd like to, as we talk about this team here, we'll get to breaking down the defensive line, the offensive line, and how this game is going to go. But, you know, when your time in playing on things, what Joe said kind of intrigues me here. If there is no split in the locker room, and I don't believe that there is a split in the locker room, they have to be able to to do two things, I think. Uh, one is you can just kind of look broadly at the standings. Everybody lost last week. Swampers lost again. You're kind of going to yourselves, well, the, you know, we get on there, take care of business. This division is winnable. We could actually still kind of maybe pull away and win the division by a couple or three games because Carolina's gone. You know, we have it in our control to do so, and we believe that we're the best team in the division if we play like it. Do you think, Harper, that the Falcons believe they're the best team in the division if they play like it? Yeah, they they started the season like that, especially with the roster moves and everybody defensively alone. Just defensively, what you've done to add to your your, your talent level and your ability to compete. Um, you were two games under five hundred last year, and now you're five hundred. You, you could have been four and two, which is two games over, but it is what it is. At this point in the season, um, it, the only thing that you can control is your your control, what you, your destiny. And if you win, you be, you beat Tampa here, you are doing exactly that. You're meeting your goals. You went on the road, haven't done it in a couple of years. That is going to feel even better on the plane trip back, and it helps build into next week's momentum. But for right now, you're thinking, gosh, we should have won. If we had only coulda, woulda, shouldas, we we take care of the commanders and we're in the position. That that's where I'm going. If I'm Arthur Smith or anyone, and I guys, you realize how close you were. Maybe you don't, but we're going to point it out. We're going to work to correct all of those things so that we can control our own destiny and take advantage. And yeah, lovely have to have a a three or four game lead going into week 17. 
But right now, it's it's been a struggle. It seems like everyone in the division wants to give it away and see who wants to take it. And, and nobody's really stepping in front and, and taking that mantle. Yeah, well, Falcons fans, we all say the same thing. Oh, what now? You know, oh, what now? Because that's the, the theme so far of this offense this season. We're going to look around the NFL. We'll do that as we uh, continue the Wait Ford Tailgate Show. It is a game day Sunday. We are leading you to the network coverage at 11, and then the call of the game, Wes and Dave, live in sunny South Florida, the Atlanta Falcons and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, live today on your home of the Falcons Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. It is a Falcons football Sunday from the Kia Studios. John Fricky, Harper LaBelle, former Falcon and our Falcons insider, and Joe Patrick and reporter. Uh, the tailgate show is brought to you by Fireshire from the makers of the W Sauce, the official sauce of our tailgate. Bigger, better, bolder, now spicier. It's good stuff. We taste it down there when we're always at the smooth light. you got to come by and try it at wsauce.com. That's wsauce.com. Some of the uh, games we mentioned, uh, Joe Patrick, that earlier – on Thursday, the Jaguars went out. Jaguars have had their way with our division, uh, and they Thank beat you. the um, they beat the Swampers in New Orleans, no less. So, yep. I mean, they just lost a home game as well. And uh, today, the Panthers are not going to lose because they're not playing. Uh, but th- this division, the Falcons, by just sitting around, to find themselves in second place with a chance to go to first place. If they can go to Tampa and get a win, they'll be alone in first place in the division. Yeah, they will be. Uh, but I think it's an important it's an important game to win, not just because of the for the the, the proactive you know uh, mode of of wanting to take control of the division and take that that sole lead of first place. But if you lose it, you go to three and four. The Buccaneers go to four and two. They start to create a little bit of a little bit of separation from the pack here if you lose this game. So I think even from like the would you rather be the the winners or not losers? I mean, I think that there's there's equal merit in kind of both perspectives there for this game. Yeah, I think we can already see that the likelihood of the NFC South uh, Harper getting a wild card team is fairly slim. Yeah, you mentioned Jacksonville though, and how they've had their way with. Everyone ha- has any team in recent history been thrust into our face as, as much as Jacksonville has with those two weeks overseas? You had the primetime games from Europe. You know, granted it's early in the morning, but I'm just saying that you know we've had a couple of that. Then the Thursday night game, and they might be flexed in right now, being five and two. Right, exactly. Well, you know, Trevor Lawrence is a star. I mean, you know, he married his high school sweetheart. Unfortunately for him, he didn't date a like you know Wasn't supermodel I? or a singer or something <laughs> like that. Um, you know, last week uh, the last two remaining unbeaten teams. Not that you want to say that to a crowd in Jacksonville. You know, what are you talking about our quarterback and who he married? Come on, man. Well, because we're playing. Well, we're talking about forced narratives. Yeah, yeah, uh, right, yeah. You know, between Brady and Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, I mean Brady and and Kelsey. Um, uh, and besides, you know, I digress. You're, yeah, you're, you're playing. Uh, you're playing uh, Baker Mayfield and his annoying wife today. Um, so um, the the Eagles and Niners both lose last week, uh, and and then there's even worse news for the Niners because now Debo Samuel's all dinged up, and Christian McCaffrey may not play today. Yeah, I mean, so suddenly you know the the top of the league and Philadelphia plays arguably one of the biggest games so far this season at home. You know, later on tonight, prime time against the Miami Dolphins. Well, first the Miami alumni from the '72 team got the uncork the champagne which they do every year after all the teams are which is an are, annoying are, thing i wish yeah. they'd stop 
Seriously. It's, it's 1972, it, it, John. It, it's 51 can, can years you get ago. Over it? Yeah. Let, I mean, you, okay. you went 14 and 0, you're not not 19 and 0. It's, you know, 20 and 0, whatever you got to go now. Well, 17 with the playoffs. They went okay, 17. Okay, whatever, games. you know. Congrats. <laughs> yeah, they're the only ones to do it. Okay. You don't care. It was, an, er, it was an early champagne drink uh, this year. Earlier than Seems most. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but then uh gosh, the way that they score right now, Miami's very impressive. Yeah, it's very impressive. They're they, scary. they seem to be you know, that Tyreek Hill guy, you know, that was on Kansas City that nobody can stop. Yeah, they figured that well, it doesn't matter what color uniform you're wearing. You're still going to be very difficult to stop. He's not the only weapon they have, though. But they're, they're already plus 67 in their differential. Granted, you know, 90% of that is that one game against Denver where they scored 70. Um, but they're still – it just seems like two is – he doesn't do too much. He doesn't do little. He, if he gets disturbed, you can't tell. If he's happy as a clam, you can't tell. He's just very even keel, and 5-1 and one is a nice place to be if you're Miami. They're doing so many creative things, too, and it's funny because I heard some Falcons fans kind of complaining this week based off of some of the quotes that have come out recently about, and, and along with the operational breakdowns that this team has had, about the, compli- the complicated nature of Arthur Smith's playbook and his play calling and, and, and the things that he likes to do with these motions and things. But then you look around the league and everybody there's not a, a, there's not a good team in the NFL who's got a, like a very simple, uh, easy playbook to run that, that doesn't have a lot of uh, complex verbiage and all that. Like if you look at what Miami's doing, they've got Tyree Kill kind of lined up in some of these like flex tight end spots at times and then running some, some jet motions across. Um, they're doing some really cool stuff with him that's really, I think, innovative for Mike McDaniel. I think with, with San Francisco, it's interesting with some of these guys that are becoming injured for them because now it's kind of on Brock Purdy in a similar way to, you know, the way that it's, the game has kind of been thrust on Desmond Ritter here these past couple weeks because of the way the game is going. Now, the Falcons haven't been dealing with the injuries that the 49ers are, but I think that, you know, we're going to learn a, a lot more about Brock Purdy here um, in these coming weeks with these guys banged up, especially if they can't go. So that's going to be interesting to see. And then I think with the Eagles, too, Seems like they're they're playing solid. You know, they've 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 won games that you would expect them to win so far this season. But it hasn't always been pretty. Like they you know went to overtime with the Commanders uh, a couple weeks ago, and so that offense just hasn't seemed to be gotten going the way that we've seen it in the past couple of years with Jalen Hurts and a quarterback. This is the Wait for Tailgate Show with uh, John Fricky and Joe Patrick and Harper Labelle. Counting down to kick off today, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Atlanta Falcons, down at Raymond James Stadium. It will be a warm afternoon, low to mid-80s, bright sunshine in Tampa, Florida today for this game. Uh, also keeping our eyes on some of the other things in the league here, uh, as for the NFC South again, the, the Panthers are idle today. The Swampers have already played and lost, and so the other two teams of the division obviously are playing against each other. Um, and not that these are marquee, they're not, but they are kind of impactful in some regard. Harper, uh, the, the Bears host the Raiders and the Broncos host the Packers. Now, to this degree, it's become untenable in Denver between Sean Payton and Russ Wilson. Uh, it is untenable in Chicago between Justin Fields and the organization. There are many in Chicago who want to move on from Justin Fields so that they are free to draft Caleb Williams at the top of the draft. There are many in Denver who want to move on from Russ Wilson because they're going to have to make a choice, Sean Payton or Russ Wilson, moving forward. If either of those quarterbacks came on the market, who do you think has more value? Wow, that's a great question because I would initially say you've got to have an offensive line and Russell Wilson will do some great things for you. He's already proven that he can. But does he have that much left in the tank where you would think that Justin's just been – his excuse would be, I have nobody in front of me, an offensive line, but I've got talent. I just, you know, give me an opportunity. Give me a little bit of time to throw and I will. 
Um, that's uh, where they are right now. I think I'd go with Justin just because Russell has proven that he's kind of on the downslide. You know, going from a Super Bowl and another Super Bowl in his first three or four years, he starts getting paid, and where's he been since? What's he done since? Well, what, that, what did Brett Favre do after you know they won the Super Bowl there? They got to another one. I agree. I'm not. Well, he did take. Well, hey, he did take. Wait, he took the Minnesota Vikings to an interception away down in the Superdome of making it back to the Super Bowl with the Minnesota Vikings. I understand. I'm. I'm and that was his last hurrah. If yes, you ask that was me. his last. And hurrah. I'm not complaining. His last pass in Green Bay was an interception. I'm not. He's Hall of Famer, and he's a lot better than I was. So I'm not complaining about that. I'm just saying. It got to the point in Green Bay, well, huh, we got this young kid. Uh, we need to give him a shot. So we're going to move on. And do you move on? It's easier to move on with the player than the coach, especially if you like the coach and like what he's doing. But you don't like the coach and what he's doing if they're not winning. So it's a tough situation in Denver to make that call. Could you get rid of both? I'm going to throw that at you. Would you get rid of both? Maybe. Uh, Joe, uh, the rumors are flying in Chicago, and I mentioned this to uh, Andy Bunker the other day. That what what man you, you these are take away what you want that the Bears do covet the idea of moving on from Justin Fields they covet the idea of moving on from Matt Eberflus they covet the idea of Jim Harbaugh coaching Caleb Williams uh, and if that's the case here that's what led to all the rumors of boy the the Justin Fields for Desmond Ritter kind of works because then the Atlanta Falcons can bring Justin Fields in and if that doesn't work you go well we gave him a shot you know and he'd be super popular to come in here now we got to go to get a quarterback and if you're the Bears you go get Desmond Ritter you say well okay he's Desmond Ritter we're still drafting Caleb Williams. Yeah, I guess in theory that that all works out the way you said it. If I'm a Falcons fan, I want no part of Justin Fields frankly. Like if you don't think that Desmond Ritter is your quarterback, why would you then take on a, a quarterback who's been in the league for a few years, who really has not had a lot of success? He's had some big plays. He's a he's a really you know been a very successful fantasy football quarterback. I think that's where a lot of the hype with Justin Fields comes in because he racks up so many of these numbers, especially at when he broke out last year. But I just I, I mean I don't want to write the guy off, but I I just I I think that there's a lot of um kind of glaring issues with his game that are not dissimilar to some of the issues that we see with just young quarterbacks who struggle and then don't have a long career. Well, the reason I bring this up, and I, that's all the rumor mill, gossip, 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 I, I get all that kind of stuff here, is that we are going to have a trade deadline where apparently it's possible we could have quarterbacks available. Yeah. And and maybe not here. I think, by the way, anything that is Justin Fields rumor to the Falcons, Falcons are not moving on from Desmond. They're not making an in-season, unless they collapse, or they're not going to make an in-season move at quarterback. They would never do that. That yeah, won't happen. I mean, just to, you know, it's just be silly because you you know you have to pick up all you know you want to go out and make a look. Terry Fontenot's not done making moves, but it's not going to be at the quarterback position. All right, real, so real quick on that though, John, yeah. how many calls did you take the day after the draft that people were complaining that we didn't take the fourth quarterback with the what number six pick the year that we got Kyle Pitts? Right, remember mm-hmm. how many people were going? Yeah. We needed to get that Justin Fields yep. guy. Uh, a thousand, easily. Easily. And I are mean, they still there? They might be. They may be. Because that position is still an, an open question mark in, in the minds of Falcons. Yeah, and that was – but you have to remember, that was Arthur Smith's first draft pick. I think some Kyle of those Pitts. fans are still there, but I think it goes back to the original question that you asked, John, in comparing you know potential between Justin Fields and, and Russell Wilson. I think that Russ, Jake, Justin Fields still has more uh, – more, uh, value on the market at this point in time because of that upside that I think uh, you know is kind of behind Russell Wilson in his career. This is the Wayford Tailgate Show. As we count you down, a little over three hours to kick off in Tampa. Big game today. 
We don't have to explain that to you. You know the importance of it. We're taking you to 11 o'clock this morning. Harper LaBelle, Joe Patrick, and myself. As we count down to the Falcons and Tampa Bay Buccaneers live from Florida on Sports Radio 92 on the game. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.